0: Hey everyone, welcome to Danny Chats. This is episode number 16 and today I'm joined by Amy. Hi Amy, how are you?
1: Hi, I'm doing well. How are you?
0: Very good, thank you. And where are you calling from?
1: Uh, sunny San Diego, where we're having like record highs in January.
0: Oh really? Yeah, it's freezing <laughs> here. Freezing, wet and just miserable, typical English weather.
1: I feel like everybody else in the world is saying that, but um, more like upper 70s great waves
0: yeah i actually saw a picture on your instagram the other day on your insta stories and i was so jealous like that looks beautiful yeah
1: it's, i can't complain much <laughs> yeah
0: nice nice well thank you for talking to us uh or to me um so you had a liver transplant uh when you was younger right
1: yeah i'm going on about 10 years so um yeah it'll be 10 years this year so i was 26 which i think is still pretty young
0: yeah definitely definitely
1: (laughs) so kind of a kid yeah so yeah my um my liver transplant was kind of unique um in the sense that I didn't have a genetic or an autoimmune component um I actually had an allergic reaction to a medication Mm. um I was being treated for um latent uh, disease I won't go into all the details because then people worry if they have it if they can take the medicine it kind of freaks people out yeah um but I was being treated unfortunately I wasn't being monitored correctly on this medication um, which led to acute liver failure Um, with acute liver failure you become so so sick so fast Um, you're in the ICU Um, For me, I kind of masked some of the symptoms being a young, very healthy 26-year-old. So when they figured out what was wrong with me, I was extremely sick. I was given 48 to 96 hours to live without a liver transplant. Um, I was in the ICU. And I mean, this is someone who, you know, I was a few weeks before that running, doing CrossFit, going to school, working. Um, I was actually in nursing school at the time taking my um prereqs for nursing school some science classes and things and um i was listed on a friday in june and i received my transplant they took me down to the or late that night late sunday night for my transplant um it was actually on my grandma's birthday which is kind of neat um so we always joke that no one will ever forget my grandma's birthday because i won't let them (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, yeah i i was encephalopathic i was very confused i didn't know what was going on um to kind of make light of a very serious um story i they kept asking me who the president of the united states was and i swore that it was um osama bin laden he had recently been captured and i told the surgeons that if they didn't know who the president was, they shouldn't be smart enough to operate on me.
0: <laughs>
1: um, so, I was a real um I was mostly pleasantly confused, but I was definitely um right all the time. Yeah. So, very very sick. Uh, my family was terrified, of course. Um and luckily I had a great recovery um from my transplant. I was out of the hospital in 5 days. Wow. Um, yeah just because i was i was so healthy prior to i had no existing medical conditions no hypertension no high cholesterol nothing um so i got out of there pretty fast um i'm very lucky lucky that
0: oh go on. so i was gonna say considering five days before you were you know almost gone
1: yeah it's incredible
0: isn't it what a new liver can do
1: it's it's crazy i mean your liver has 500 functions and clearly i don't know how many of mine were lost but i don't think i was working at any capacity you know compatible with life even right before my transplant um they said that 80 percent of my liver had failed according to the biopsy
0: wow
1: which i mean it's it's crazy that every other organ was so healthy that it was probably compensating
0: yeah yeah
1: um yeah i didn't mean not to say that i got out of the hospital five days later and was doing backflips or or of course
0: of course but still you know just five days in that short amount of time you're able to you're up and walking and it's it's amazing
1: i was walking i was you know i always had to be told you know not to overdo it not to push myself (laughs) um that was really hard um as someone who you know i was a i was an athlete i'm always really competitive so it was hard for me not to want to Outdo myself every last, you know, physical therapy or anything. I had yeah. to do better, and sometimes, you know, I had to just accept. Maybe one day, like I just I, nothing was going my way. They were like, "It's fine. It's one day. You can rest." And I'm like, "But can I?" Um, which is kind of my overall personality. Um, so, yeah. Luck- luckily, um, I had amazing surgeon doctors. My nurses were. I mean, I was really spoiled. I think. Um, I actually worked on the unit uh, after nursing school and during nursing school. Um, and so
0: you you'd worked on the unit prior to being in there.
1: No, I hadn't. Uh, I okay. had. Um, I was just getting my prerequisites, um, just taking some science classes. I was actually just waiting tables. Um, you know, just kind of yeah, doing yeah. whatever was most flexible to to get to nurse through nursing school. Yeah, 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 yeah um so yeah i mean the nurses were great but i think i got a little bit spoiled um you know i think just given my my circumstance and it being so scary and me being so sick i feel like i got a little bit spoiled and i was you know cared for just
0: it was amazing but i mean i think we all like to think that in a way because i always think that but (laughs) i just think nurses and stuff they just uh they don't get enough credit for the job they do because it's not just the technical side of it it is the compassion and everything else that is involved and i've met some people that make the stay on the ward you know so much more bearable
1: exactly and and i think you know they did it was easier to connect with me because they were they were all so close to my age yeah um you know so i felt like that you know maybe but i i saw it afterwards you know yeah, oh yeah. let me play your favorite song will like i give you a bath oh you like this oh you don't you like to watch this show you know the nurses know so many things about you especially you know i see you you're with them
0: yeah pretty
1: much your whole shift you know uh going between two different patients rooms or one patient's room so you get a relationship with them, you get a relationship with their family and, you know, it's, you. I don't think, personally, I don't think I could do my job unless I had that relationship.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, it
1: it makes it harder sometimes, but you need that. It makes your day go by better. It makes your patient's outcomes better.
0: Oh, 100% it does, because like I say, I mean, it's not just the physical aspect, uh, the mental aspect of it all is a massive part of recovery and if you hospital is hard it's hard so you know if the people around you are nice and you know it makes a hell of a difference
1: oh yeah and i i've been hospitalized once um post transplant and i've had a couple procedures and um being a healthcare professional and being a patient is really hard um and i feel like you know the nurses and everyone that knew you know my my entire situation and what I do for a living really honed in on that um it's as nurses it's hard to like release a little bit of control um in that setting so I'm lucky that I feel like that's been welcomed you know um nurses always joke you know would you rather take care of a physician a nurse a family member of one and we're like oh nurses hands down the worst hands down the worst patients
0: really (laughs) oh we're bad (laughs) Yeah. they tell you they tell you how you're doing the Every job
1: little thing so
0: yeah yeah I tell you how you're doing it wrong
1: yeah yeah or yeah. right, just wrong right what well, you could do different we're trying to pick up on things yeah you know it's we're bad
0: <laughs> yeah that's funny so, so, so you had um, your, your operation and then um i suppose you were put on anti-rejection tablets yeah and how are you with every all the medication are you on just anti-rejection tablets you on steroids or
1: um so right now i'm on uh kind of a triple therapy i have my program of course yeah um i am on cell it's decreasing um i've kind of gone on and off of that just based on kind of random flare-ups and things um and i'm on a little bit of a steroid luckily it's not prednisone yeah. Um and that's decreasing too. So it's I think just being young and having a healthy immune system kind of ramps everything up and I'm so used to the medication. Yeah. It, you know, I didn't really take any medication prior to transplant. Um but I've just gotten used to it. It was kind of you know, you wake up and you're told everything and I'm kind of literal and black and white in some senses, so it yeah. was take the medication lose your liver you know like you don't you you have two options you know and that was that's how i kind of made it easy for me to take the medication yeah 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 be that sick
0: yeah if you don't take your medication then it stops working
1: yeah and it's it's scary and i've seen it and
0: the effects are terrible. Yeah, well, the, the funny thing is, just as I was leaving the hospital, so they discharged me, they'd kicked me out of the room, so they wanted someone else in there. I was waiting in the uh, outpatients like lobby bit. My sister was coming to pick me up, and there was a man there who was watching TV who was on the ward. And uh, to sort of cut it all short, he had had a liver transplant years ago, He'd moved to Spain. He wasn't taking care of himself. Um, he was eating all the things he shouldn't. I don't think he was taking his medication, uh, and he ended up with brain. Uh, ended up in a like in a coma uh, at the hospital, oh. and he told me that his nails had grown really, really long because the nurses don't cut nails here because uh, I, I, I don't know whether it's infection. Uh, his yeah, hair was really he did, long. So he and, his feet here. Yeah, and he told me about his whole family just completely breaking up. So you know, just to be told that as I was leaving the hospital, I was like, I am definitely taking my tablets. Like you know, <laughs> did they was... plant him there for you? I think he there? could be like now. He I, I'd seen him on the ward before, you know. So, but yeah, he could be a plant that they could just tell that to everyone because it was a hospital.
1: warning, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's kind of a shady way to go about it. But wow, yeah, that would scare me straight. I think that was yeah. pretty traumatizing even to hear. So. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I was like, definitely take my. I mean, I was used to it anyway because I was on more medication prior to my operation than I was. Yeah.
1: That's, you know, what we have to tell so many people is, you know, yes, you're taking medication for the rest of your life, but you're going to, anyways, you know? And what the one thing people love to hear if they take lactulose, lactulose typically stops after transplant. They're like, wait. What? That's all we have to say. That's like the golden ticket. It's so funny.
0: The happy for it to stop yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah i can Everybody i can understand i hated it i mean i only
1: had it in a hospital setting and i was miserable so but,
0: i mean the taste of it i quite like i don't know where we have a different flavor here but i quite well, like the
1: they've come a long way it's it's come some way and different pharmacies formulate it different yeah So patients will be like can i get that lactulose i had at that place and i'm like you're just call the
0: pharmacy
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's so sticky and gross and you know we have to put it down tubes and other places and
0: it just gets <laughs> it's, it's a mess yeah i do i used to be a support worker for people with learning disabilities and uh, i do remember if you come on shift and someone has said i you know i've, I've administered uh administrated lactulose you know like, oh this is gonna be an interesting <laughs> shift
1: like okay
0: yeah, the bugs, yeah it's, 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 not, I mean,
1: it's the reality of it it has to happen but yeah,
0: yeah of course
1: yeah you, can, you have to kind of you know be professional about it but also it makes poop jokes funny it's just really immature sometimes but it's done
0: <laughs> yeah if you can't laugh about it then there's no way you'd get through it
1: exactly exactly yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. so you uh had your operation you're on medication you've been doing really well uh, and you're obviously i mean you're still in the medical field uh, as such yeah
1: i i finished school um i am now a registered nurse um, i got my nice. bachelor's of science in nursing i've done a little bit of everything in nursing um but my goal after my transplant shortly after i realized i wanted to be a transplant coordinator um, um. and help people through the process and you know i can connect with them not having to tell them I how to transplant but i can just connect with them and kind of know not always know what they're thinking i can't read everyone's mind but sometimes when a patient can't articulate or piece things together i have a good idea of what they're trying to tell me and what's going on exactly
0: yeah you definitely have a stronger understanding than someone that's not been through it definitely yeah
1: it's it's a really unique experience to go through so it's really Interesting to see um how we can, you know, connect and kind of learn those things, you know, from yeah,
0: our mission. Yeah. So, it's interesting how you were obviously going through your nursing school and then you had this transplant uh and then that kind of helped you decide what field you wanted to go into.
1: Yeah. I just was like, oh, like flight trauma or something like a lot of adrenaline or like, you know, I, I really wasn't sure. I also had an interest in, um, you know, kind of some like weight management and just overall like wellness, health. You know, more of a natural, holistic thing too. So I was just kind of open to whatever, and then after that, as like, well, I, I have to work in transplant. I absolutely have to.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so. so that's really interesting. So how how would a typical day, or you know, the job, how does it work?
1: So um, I'm gonna kind of outline my longest day right now, which is Tuesday. Yeah. Um, kind of give you a.
0: So, and just to clarify, what's the job role? It's a transplant coordinator.
1: Yes, liver yes. transplant coordinator. And I work with patients, I help them get through the evaluation process. Um, yes. So typically on a Tuesday, I would come in, you know, now we have to do our COVID screening, um, get our masks, show the screener, all of this, it's all online. Um, you know, I, if I'm on call, let's just say to make my day even more fun, I'm on call on Tuesday and I get report from the person who was on call the day before. Um, We do call in 24-hour shifts, so I see if there's any offers pending, um, anything we might be higher on the list for. Um, In the U.S., uh, UNOS, United Network for Organ Sharing, governs all of this, kind of to put it broadly. So we look on there, I, I look and see if there's anyone inpatient that needs their MELD score updated, the model for end-stage liver disease, Yeah. kind um, of how we gauge the need for transplant and how sick someone is. So let's say ideally, since I'm headed into clinic, um, we're not up for any offers or anything. Yeah. Um, maybe we're lower down or there's, there's nothing going on um, at that time. So I'd go over to clinic. Typically, I, I try to prep a little bit the day before, know who's coming in, know what they need, look at their labs, um, you know, just to help the physician move it along and, yeah. and plan with him. So we'll go over some of our other patients when I get there. We'll talk about what we want to do for, you know, Mr. Smith that day, um, kind of look at what... Else, he needs for his evaluation if maybe we look at a cardiac test maybe his echocardiogram was a little concerning so maybe we want to refer him to cardiology so we would be able to tell him that during the appointment kind of give him a heads up of what's going on yeah yeah um you know kind of warn not warn our patients but keep them in the loop keep them involved and i think it helps patients to be a better advocate when we're always communicating with them
0: yeah definitely Uh,
1: yeah, it's it's just easier to have a conversation with the patient as opposed to dictating everything. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if I have any new evaluations, that's where the appointment gets a lot longer. Um, before we have a new evaluation, I look over the medical records that we have and try to create as much of a story as I can. It always kind of ends up, kind of ends up like Swiss cheese. There's always things that are missing or don't add up or contradict each other. Um, so I've already done that. And then we um, I help the physician get a more comprehensive A to Z picture of the patient. Um, usually we have an idea of what we want to plan for, for testing, um, and we go over everything with them. Yeah. Um, for the patient going through that, that's a long appointment usually. Um, at least the way our center does it, during that appointment they'll see um the physician the social worker um depending on the day maybe the surgeon and the dietitian
0: yeah do you have a fitness test that people have to do
1: um we do what we call a frailty test yeah um with the dietitian so she measures you know just how strong they are how much they're able to walk
0: yeah we get put on i mean i don't really understand why but we i got put on a bike and i spoke to a lot of people this happens you get put on a bike uh, and you get sort of all the you know, the wires put on you and then you yeah. they just make you go as fast and as hard as you can so you literally can't go anymore.
1: So sometimes people will get a stress test and yeah. they'll do it on the treadmill. Yeah. So that could, you know, that, I mean, sure, it's just a matter of, you know, other sides of the Atlantic doing a little bit different. Yeah. Um, but we probably gather that information like different ways, but generally the same thing. We want to see what your heart can handle.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but,
1: that's a huge factor.
0: But what I say is like there, there's people that come in to have a transplant that are so ill that they couldn't even get on a bike. So yeah. what what difference does it make? Like why do you why do you have to test someone's fitness if fitness necessarily isn't an issue?
1: It's it's kind of weird. That is kind of interesting because you know, we have patients who are they're outpatient and they can't, you know, even do the treadmill test. Yeah. We have other ways of testing their heart um so yeah that's kind of an interesting question i mean we always try to get the best picture we can without you know hurting the patient yeah yeah
0: yeah i suppose yeah i mean i understand i mean if they're physically able to do it then you can yeah. you do the test or, yeah
1: you know me you probably couldn't get me on a bike when i was that sick because i probably wouldn't have like figured it out my yeah. brain is so um you know encephalopathic that i i probably would be like i don't want to do this anymore i'm good and just like walked off or something So yeah, I mean, every, in every center tests differently,
0: Yeah.
1: but basically the things that we always look for, you know, your heart, your lungs, are you, are you strong enough for surgery? Are you safe enough for surgery? And, um, a lot of times during the new evaluation, I do a ton of education and we're always educating the patients. And one thing I always, always drive home is we want to make sure the benefit outweighs the risk. Yeah. You know, you might be a candidate every other way, but you might have some heart condition that the surgeons just don't think they can operate. They don't think you're gonna get through the surgery.
0: Yeah. So,
1: you know, we, we can't um, really go through the transplant for that. Yeah. So it, it's interesting and there's always um, indications. So we always kind of have like a, a flow sheet that kind of says, okay, if they have X, Y, and Z, do this cardiac testing. If they have this, that, and the other, you know, defer this testing. So, everyone's a little bit different, and that's really important to know. I mean, you could have two siblings going through transplant eval, and one of them has something that indicates further testing. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, they could be twins. You just never know. So. so, a lot of that is education and educating the patients on why we're doing the testing, what the testing, you know, looks like. You know, some patients are kind of resistant
0: to it, which is always concerning, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not resistant to it, but oh, uh no. do- doctors tell me stuff and it kind of just goes over my head or in one ear or out the other. I'm like, there's I think there's two two groups of people, the people that need to know everything. Um, you know, they want to know every single detail. Whereas me, I'm like, Well, this is your job, you know what you're doing, you just tell me to lie down, yeah. I'll lie down, like. That's it. I have
1: faith in you. If you say I need to do it, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah,
0: hundred percent. Yeah,
1: definitely nice in a lot of aspects. And and everyone's background is different for different reasons, you know. Um, some people, you know, what they do for a living or what their health history is, you know, or some people are just um, kind of. I don't think that they're just kind of um, doubting. You know, well, why I just did that? Why? 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 Why do i have to get labs again why i'm like oh you're just a toddler you know <laughs> so that's it's, it's interesting there's a mix of people who are just like yep whatever you say yeah and people who are so resistant to any testing so but yeah it's, it is that is interesting though the bike i don't know if that's like a uk thing or or what yeah i'm sure Probably just a different kind of test. Similar. It, to what we, they probably test for the same thing.
0: Yes, yeah, like you said, fitness and stress test test your heart and everything like that.
1: Yeah, I think they probably just want to make sure that the operation would go through. Would be yeah, it, yeah, I would think. Yeah, and there must and I mean, be. A, no way.
0: There must be a level of testing to work out how much, um in terms of drugs, you can have, uh because if you're sedating someone, you can't. You don't want to over sedate, obviously.
1: Yeah, yeah. The anesthesiologist has to look at you know, what your heart's going to do and what your lung's going to do when yeah. you're on the OR yeah or you're, you're, you're in the OR on the table, we have to make sure that your heart is still going to pump. You're still going to, all your other organs are going to do their job. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's an extremely important part. We can't just operate on anybody. It's not like a trauma yeah. surgery where you're just trying to save someone's life. And, you know, there's a donor liver to think about yeah you know, sometimes people have said well if i'm gonna die anyway what if i just die on the on the or table but you know there's that other liver there's that gift that needs to go to the right person
0: yeah it yeah. needs to
1: be used appropriately so it sounds kind of you know i don't think it sounds selfish but there's not enough to go around so yeah. we need to make sure that they're going to survive one year or five years out we have to look at long-term survival rate
0: yeah, yeah definitely i mean i had three calls before the fourth call i finally got mine but you know three times that the liver wasn't good enough um and they don't tell you and i don't know whether the liver went to someone else but i'm presuming they when they say it's not good enough uh, again i don't know whether that means it's not good enough for me but it's good enough for someone else or whether that means that it's just not good enough in general and it gets scrapped
1: um probably that it gets scrapped Yeah. Um, you know sometimes we'll look at something and say wow this is really risky for this patient We don't have another patient that can have it this just isn't going to work and maybe another center you know can use it sometimes it's age you know size different things like that i mean i actually worked um in organ procurement so i worked with donors as well and you know you could look perfect on paper somebody could even their imaging could look perfect and you get into the or and and there's a defect and it's not worth the risk so it's hard um to get the call and then be told to go back home or that something's wrong but i think it's safer it's 100 yeah but uh, uh,
0: know, it's, it's horrible
1: Trust in my transplant center
0: <laughs> yeah it's it's horrible to be told to go back home but i mean you've got to have that 100 percent faith in the doctors and like you say there's, yeah. there's no point in having an operation and then in a year's time you need another one because Hey, it's just uh, all that risk you know it's just not worth it
1: yeah i i think personally like i don't know like it's maybe they have they definitely have your best interest in mind yeah yeah you definitely. Know, they're looking out for you specifically i think yeah. that kind of speaks to the center and how careful they want to be you know yeah but it's, it's hard you have all this rush of emotions and then it's not a phone call i like to make to tell someone no nope. yeah <laughs>
0: it's,
1: it's hard and you know they wait there for a long time and you know now with with covid they may have one visitor maybe you know so it's a lot to get mentally prepared for you know but it's also a good practice run did you feel like by that time like you had it down you kind of you knew
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i mean the first time I, i swore at the lady on the phone like i didn't mean to she just said we've got to live here for you and i went oh shit!" and then she laughed and she went is that the first call you've had i said yeah sorry and she's like That's oh yeah right. we
1: hear it <laughs> i wouldn't i'm not offended by that when i call a patient i had one patient he didn't You have not believed music like, are you sure and i'm like yeah you, we're sure right now
0: yeah so, like, so i mean i was in the bath not expecting it yeah i was in the bath not expecting it at all just to sort of pick up the phone it's like oh god yeah yeah
1: it's definitely um I feel like we hear a variety of things when we call people in you know usually yeah. there's some shock there's some like wait really and i'm like yeah. yes i'm not like pranking you <laughs> but it's i think it's good it, it kind of gives some people practice you know yeah. i mean ideally we could just get everyone transplanted right away but it's a good practice run it kind of gives yeah. you an idea what is going to go on
0: yeah yeah That's so, true
1: yeah so i mean and that can this can happen you know 24 7. so i could be in the middle of clinic calling someone in setting everything up you know we set up transportation um we try to get local procurement a surgery team to um, procure the organ wherever it is um sometimes it's a plane sometimes it's a helicopter sometimes it's just driving depending on where um setting helicopters off helicopters up is extremely stressful yeah (laughs) they're so weather dependent it makes me so nervous yeah um you know we have to talk to the or we have to make sure there's beds um unfortunately right now with covid we have to talk to an administrator and make sure that we have beds, staffing vents i mean everything it has to go through so many people so that's an added layer of stress for us definitely before we can call the patient in
0: yeah and then
1: the answer could be no
0: yeah and then you get that exciting call where you say yes come in yes yes
1: yeah and that's great i love it i love people's reactions i mean it's 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 my favorite part how could it not be yeah you know calling someone in and telling them especially when it's your patient or you know them um or you've maybe called them in before and then sent them home yeah so it's always a good feeling kind of like redeem yourself almost
0: yeah that's really nice
1: yeah so it's i mean it's definitely a lot of work on our end behind the scenes um you know sometimes it'll come to us really fast so we'll call a patient and be like don't take a shower don't do anything just come in and they're like canada i'm like no now have now now to be now like, get in get in now which you know i'm not yelling at them but you're, you're like <laughs> well can i do this and i'm like no you can't literally you cannot do anything yeah. it's you know just timing sometimes it, it happens so that's always kind of stressful um so yeah if your coordinator tells you to come in now they mean like five minutes ago
0: yeah <laughs> it, in terms of organs like how does it work the, um, so you're you you see an organ come up for that's available and you mm-hmm. match that to a patient. So, how do these organs become available? Are they people that's in the local area? Is there a catchment to where the organs go? Because obviously, America's massive, you know? So,
1: yeah.
0: And it, it, so, it kind of wouldn't surprise me if there was a privatized thing where companies buy them so, and then ship them off no to where way. they like. <laughs>
1: Definitely not. Um, no. the, I mean, the way we're, we're so spread out. Um, but actually, We, it's based on your MELD score. So your model for end-stage liver disease, it goes from six to 40. Six is hopefully where we are right now. Zero liver disease. Um, And this is all based on lab values. It's an algebraic equation based on lab values. 40, you're very sick, you're in the ICU. And then there's patients like me who are status 1A, um, above 40, top of the list so it's based on that that's the scoring system and then it's actually kind of allocated out by nautical miles um so they take you know the sickest people and then you know the closer there's no one and I, I think it starts at like 100 or 150 or something nautical miles then they go out and out and out um so it kind of like is like a ripple uh, most of our organs in San Diego come from San Diego um, L.A. area, kind of just Southern California, sometimes Central and Northern California, yeah. um, Las Vegas, and Arizona. We can get offers from other places, but that's probably where 98% of our, our organs come from, or at least our livers. Yeah. Um, each organ is different outside of the body. It has a different amount of time.
0: I was just about to ask how long the yeah. liver was.
1: Um, about six to eight is like pushing it
0: six to oh, eight
1: hours in, really
0: a, in a cool box, obviously.
1: Yeah. In a box. We actually now have a liver pump that yeah. um, some centers are starting to use. We can pump a liver. So sometimes if it's a little bit further or maybe depending on the donor um, health history or statistics, um, we can pump a liver and actually make it better.
0: <laughs> OK, this is great. How?
1: Yeah. Um. It's more like the chemical composition to kind of make it short and sweet. Um, So the kidney pump is kind of like dialysis for the kidneys. If yeah. You think about it. Yeah. So it makes the kidneys work. Yeah. So it actually makes them work in an ideal situation.
0: Yeah.
1: So the kidney pump's been around for a long time. The liver pump generally kind of does the same thing. It gives it this ideal situation to work in. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably the, be- the best way to overall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sometimes that donor's body isn't the ideal situation for the the liver to be in the best shape it can but yeah. that pump we can adjust different things on that pump that make it better wow so by the time we're ready for a transplant we've improved that liver
0: yeah that's incredible
1: it's awesome it's, yeah it's, it's so i mean transplant changes so much over time and that's something that's been um you know, in the works for a while, and I think it's going to make a big difference. The more we can use it, we could use a liver that we maybe would not have used before, just because, yeah. you know, maybe the the liver function test, maybe there's a little bit of too much bilirubin. The labs just aren't great, but the liver's not bad. We can really kind of prime it up. Um, yeah, yeah. When they're what they're not able to maybe do in the hospital, that liver pump can assist with.
0: Yeah, that's brilliant.
1: It's so cool. That so cool. Really cool. It's, it's more livers being transplanted you know more people being donors more people yeah. it opens up for other people to get transplants yeah. you know shortens yeah. the waiting list so
0: that's brilliant yeah. and uh how many people do you have on your waiting list at any time generally
1: i want to say we just were talking about this and we were trying to figure it out um i want to say around 150 yeah. um for us and our where I work we're growing massively. Our transplant center is doing more and more transplants. Um, we're getting more people on the list, yeah. which is is awesome. Um, you know, it's not just numbers, it's it's a matter of you know, we can do more transplants and we always need more donors and more people yeah. becoming donors, you know. So it's more people being transplanted, and, and ideally when they're less. Yeah, you, know, you never get somebody so sick, you know, so, yeah. um, our you know, our program's definitely growing. Some patients are not as sick, but definitely can get sicker. You know, it's it's all based on labs. So, yeah. you know, we're not necessarily looking at them. So sometimes one little thing can change and they need to be on that list, you know, in case yeah. of that. So, yeah, we're definitely growing as a center, like faster than I think we expected. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, it makes it a busy um any day's busy honestly. I mean, you know, I'll I'll be in clinic in the morning, come home or not come home, come over to my office side and, you know, I have patient calls and labs to review and imaging and reports and that sort of thing to look over. Um so you know, that list continues to grow and grow.
0: Yeah, um, never
1: ended. Have, hmm? Never ended yeah no it doesn't you know i mean as soon as you get someone what we do is once the patient is listed typically the nurse practitioner manages them yeah um but you know then you have another new referral come in
0: yeah
1: so it's, it's yeah yeah i you do know, want to a revolving door you know and we still help out with those patients when, once they're listed you know so i could get you know all their labs maybe they all went for labs that morning and they all need their score updated yeah you know sometimes. Maybe their score was a little lower and maybe, you know, they have a kidney injury and one of their other labs went up, you know, it could shoot their score up. And that's something we need to be aware of. Yeah. So there's there's a lot. Um, you know, even just after clinic. You know, I think they think we just like par in clinic and that's it. We just, you know, type some messages, but can I can eat 10
0: biscuits. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean lunch, what's that? So <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, I mean, we go back from clinic and handled that. On Tuesdays, we have our selection committee.
0: Yep. Um,
1: I always tell people selection committee is the reason you do all of the testing, um, the reason you meet with everybody. It's so we can basically write a novel about the patient. Yeah. So make sure everything looks good. They have a care plan. They have a support system. Um, they're compliant they're strong enough for transplant they need a transplant you know if they don't have any if they have liver cancer we have to make sure it's nowhere else in the body a lot to look at when I say a novel it's not really much of an understatement yeah Um, so we go to the selection committee and it's nurses nurse practitioners doctors social workers hepatologists and surgeons it's everybody um, sometimes anesthesiology or infectious disease will be on the call. Financial coordinators, and we all look at it and kind of give our input. Wow. Yeah.
0: And that's on each individual person.
1: Every patient gets yeah. viewed by the whole team. Yeah. That's manic. You know, not not them physically, but you. Know, yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously, they clear. you know
0: they they review the paperwork and everything
1: all of the testing and you know we always try to tell people you can't really butter us up you just have to do what we ask that's the only thing that's going to help you you know i mean being compliant obviously is crucial um we can't transplant people that won't listen to us
0: yeah
1: Um, there's you know not a good outcome like yeah you you met in the in the office it's not a it never turns out well um you know so we look at all of that we make sure that we feel like surgery is gonna go well and they're gonna have a good outcome, ideally we approve everybody. Yeah. So, you know, if if not, maybe we want more testing or maybe we just have to tell them, you know, you're not doing anything that's asked of you or it's not safe.
0: Yeah. It's generally down to them if it's not been approved.
1: Um a lot of times, yeah. yeah. You know, sometimes medically if if they're not medically approved, it's typically um like a heart condition. Um, uh, that's pretty severe yeah. that you know the the surgeons are just not optimistic that they're going to do well yeah yeah um or maybe they have um if they had cancer maybe their disease spread or they if they have cancer and an active cancer in another part of their body yeah. um you know other than that a lot of times it's they don't have a care plan um they're not compliant sometimes people are still um if it's you know someone with alcoholic cirrhosis or even not they're still drinking they're still you know unfortunately we've had patients that use IV drugs still yeah so yeah just not like taking that care that. of
0: themselves and yeah 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 Yeah, that's understandable
1: we don't expect perfection you know
0: yeah but yeah you, ha- you have to show a willingness to improve and to look after yourself surely yeah
1: exactly we want to see some effort you know i mean we have patients especially with nash being so pre- prevalent in fatty liver disease you know A lot of our patients we want to lose weight but we're not going to tell them that because they only lost eight pounds not ten because they decided to have a cheeseburger that they're not on the list i mean we want to work with people we know they're human yeah Yeah, you know that's that's not a contraindication so we want to be nice to everybody (laughs) yeah as nice as we can so yeah selection committee is definitely um interesting you know um we there's different coordinators so i don't see all the patients so sometimes you know we'll hear about some real interesting stories i mean it it can be like a saga um you know for some of the patients and then it's a variety of people that's for sure yeah that's definitely for sure you get the most compliant patients you get patients that are on another level
0: yeah i bet i bet it's a great job you do though and it's great that you um you know, you got that inspiration from having your own transplant. And it's great that you can help other people. And like you say that you you kind of understand the process, so it's important really.
1: Yeah, I think you know, understanding the process and and sometimes understanding what's scary about it.
0: Yeah. You
1: know? Um and seeing you know, they, they don't always want to tell you things. They're so nervous and sometimes I think they don't want to say things because they think it'll hurt them. I'm like, it's okay to be afraid yeah not afraid i'd be more concerned yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. and, and sometimes patients have a little bit of you know survivor's guilt or they're like well what if somebody deserves it more than i do
0: yeah. you know, and that's, i, I think a lot. I've, I've i've had a mix of all of them emotions truly really. yeah. like to say that i haven't would be a lie um you know the why me how comes i was lucky how comes someone had to die and yeah it does it does pass you cross your mind
1: yeah it definitely you know I, I always try to tell people you're not that important that person was going to die completely separate of you yeah yeah you know and they're like oh i am not that important <laughs> you know it sounds harsh but no one is so important that they're causing someone else's death that, that they've never had any contact with yeah. never crossed a path with i think that's important to realize that yeah you have nothing to do with it that was going to happen completely separate of you, whether you were on the list, not on the list, it was going to happen. Um, and actually my cousin was a donor. Um, after I was transplanted a few years later, um, he was actually an organ donor. So really? it, was, it was a super easy choice to make for my yeah. family, um, for him to be a donor. And we love that he's a donor. We're so proud that he's a donor. He knew how much it meant to be that yeah. to somebody else and while it was probably one of the hardest days of my life, um, you know, you just can't wrap your head around it. Even at that point, I had just worked, you know, for organ procurement, I had just done this for a yeah. living. Um, you know, my, my little cousin said, you know, think about all those families that are going through what we went through when, when Amy got her liver. We're doing that for all of those people. Yeah. You know. So th- these families want to do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's very nice words. Yeah, that's very true.
1: It's, I mean, it's hard. It's definitely hard. It's somebody you can never actually think, you know, so that's, that's definitely tough. And that's why, you know, a lot of times we have our patients see, um, uh, like a neuropsychologist or encourage counseling. If they have, you know, anxiety and depression, there's nothing wrong with helping, uh, uh, like
0: wrap your head around that. Yeah, I signed up to counseling. I mean, I tried to sign up whilst I was going through the process and over here it took so long to uh happen that it just didn't. Yeah. And then about a year after, um I was like I need to speak to someone uh, on a deeper level. So I signed up and you know a few months did it for a few months and it really really helped.
1: It, it does and it's so it's so important. It's yeah. not like anything else and you know I hope more people can do what you did just
0: yeah.
1: to help You know, someone outside of you, professional, different perspective, you know, and I think there's such a neat transplant community online and the way to connect, you know, to different people who have gone through it. And sometimes just hearing one sentence that they say, I think is really, it clicks.
0: Yeah, you can, you can fully relate, but at that time you're thinking that no one else has that feeling. So when you mm-hmm. see that, yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think,
1: you know, it's it's important for me to be involved in that, you know, as a recipient, you know, as a donor family member. And sometimes things that maybe don't resonate with me as much maybe work for a certain patient. You yeah. know, I've looked at things or seen people that have said things. And I'm like, I'm going to tell someone this. I know who needs to hear this. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. So it's it's
1: important, definitely. It's not something you just kind of like tuck away and never really think about. You think about it a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you very, very much. I mean, that You're was so welcome. interesting.
1: That, that kind of gives you an idea of kind of a typical day. I mean, there's still, you know, radiology reviews, education classes, all these things that we have to do. But uh just you know how it works from our perspective and what your transplant coordinator is kind of looking at
0: yeah definitely because like i say i mean we spoke about this a bit before in messages so you know we, I, a lot of us have seen it obviously from the transplant side mm-hmm. and you've seen it from both sides which is amazing yeah. yeah and i
1: think you know while you're going through it most people the smartest person is just a little bit shell-shocked yeah you know I and mean, when we've had patients who are physicians and it not everything absorbs you yeah. know and that's totally fine it's it's a lot to take in you know yeah,
0: definitely definitely
1: but yeah i mean i just always encourage patients just ask just ask questions
0: yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah because yeah, never that, hesitate that that the, with the question playing on your mind can often be more it's more of a trouble than just asking the question and getting that answer because that answer just you know relieves all the stress or whatever yeah. you're worrying about
1: exactly it's there you have the right answer you're not doing anything you're not supposed to do yeah. it's it's fine you know i'm sorry to bother you I'm like it's literally my job to coordinate and answer questions yeah, yeah. in my Definitely. job title yeah. totally appropriate <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh that's brilliant well i'm sure a lot of people will feel a bit of solace in that as well because like you know so many people do have questions but they might just yeah. be too worried to i uh about two months maybe not even two months maybe about a month after my uh transplant i was out in the garden and i got stung by a bee or a wasp and like i knew there was no there were gonna be no issues there was no side effects but i still rang up my transplant because it was literally like so close and i just went look no, i've been stung by a bee is anything gonna happen she laughed and she was like no no and i was like, i'm really sorry to call and she was like no that's totally fine <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that's not something that we like educate our patients on and we don't educate somebody on every possible thing that could happen so it that's actually not a crazy question i
0: mean
1: i think that's totally reasonable i you know these things happen you're like oh i guess better safe than sorry yeah definitely i would rather get a call from someone in the afternoon asking me about that than something goes south or they do something wrong and i'm scrambling at two in the morning you know Yeah. It's totally fine. We there we cannot educate a patient on every single scenario. Yeah ever. There that's not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Too many things that can happen.
0: So Yeah, definitely. Well, just looking at the time, we better wrap this up. We've nearly been talking for fifty minutes. Oh yeah. And very interesting. It's a long that's- day it's been it's been brilliant i I don't want to i don't want to take up too much of your time because i know you're a busy person so i don't want to hold you here all the time i have a three-day weekend oh lovely well i'll let you go off and enjoy that so thank you very much for coming on amy and i hope you have a lovely year Okay. brilliant thank you bye-bye